The three stories in this episode are Swipe, Rose, and Hell Out of Heaven. Swipe. Next, the judge bangs her gavel. Next, the courtroom's great oak doors part and a man steps through. He's dressed for a night on the town. Oil black hair, leather jacket and cowboy boots. Murmurs from the galley. Defendant's name is Dalton? Is that correct? Says the judge. That is correct. Might have a country accent. Plead your case. She sits back and folds her arms. Gavel is always within reach. Name's Dalton. He smiled a salesman's smile. 6'2", graduated from Stanford. I like red convertibles and champagne. There's always something to celebrate around me. Especially when there's a pretty little lady like the gavel bangs and Dalton jumps a little. Order, order, says the judge. I think I've heard enough. Dalton, it seems to me like you're going through a midlife crisis. What? Come on now, that's ridiculous. I need to ask the defendant. What year did you graduate from Stanford? Oh, um, that information is classified. Raised voices from the galley. Gross. The gavel drops. Due to an overwhelming amount of evidence, you're twice my age. I'm going to have to pass. Next! The doors open and a man steps through. Flannel shirt, green vest, boots caked in mud. Huge fish slung over his shoulder. Galley's going crazy and the judge bangs her gavel. Order, order in my courtroom. Ricky, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Let's see, Ricky, why did you bring a fish into this court? Well, ma'am, I caught it and it's a real big fish. I guess I just wanted to show it to you is all. You wanted to show me your fish so you brought it here? Yes, I suppose that is correct. Ricky, be honest. Did you think I would see your fish and think you have a big dick? No, ma'am. Well, maybe, I, I suppose if by association you assume that the gavel slams. Next! One by one they come. Each is turned away. Shirtless with a surfboard and nothing interesting to say. A skateboarder who won't stop vaping. One guy who's too short and that one's way too skinny. Blonde hair doesn't look good on guys. He dresses weird. That's way too many tattoos. I think he's just an alcoholic. This guy is way too into skiing. Why does this guy also have a fish? Why are there so many guys with fish? Next, next, next! Doors open. Faded haircut. Hole in jeans, but well put together. Dark hair, dark eyes. Murmurs from the galley. Up to the podium. John? She says. Yeah, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Plead your... Tell me about yourself. I'm 6'2", 22 years old. Graduated from San Jose State. My star sign is Aries. I'm hoping to have kids. Okay, but what about you? Do you have any interests? I like soccer. Used to play it competitively, but I hurt my ankle in high school. And I really like Peruvian food. Reminds me of what my grandma used to make. That's so cool. Could you make me a Peruvian dish sometime? I'd love to. Okay, final question. What are you looking for? Like, in a partner? I guess someone who I enjoy spending time with, 
someone I can go exploring new places with and can be relaxed around. Like a really genuine person. The galley is silent. Wow, that's so sweet. Okay, John. I think I'd like to go out on a date. Oh, that's not how this works. Huh? You have to say like. Okay. Um, like. Next, says John, and the doors open and she walks in. The Honorable Judge John presiding, someone says. The podium is so far away. Now she's looking up at it. She walks past the galley and for the first time she can see them. All the men she turned down. Their necks crane as she walks past them. Their faces may as well be empty. They stand, they blink, they breathe, but they are corpses. At the front stand the fishermen. They hold their fish outstretched like death might hold his scythe. The fish rot. Viscera drips from the suspended bodies that are bloody and eyeless and stinking, so she holds her nose as she passes. She takes the podium. A spotlight comes down and lights her up so bright the rest of the room is invisible. It's white hot. Another comes down on John. He's wearing a black robe and sitting up in his booth, gavel in hand. The defendant's name is... Looks down at a paper. Brenda? Yes, she says. Proceed. Silence. Oh, sorry. Twirls her dark hair around her finger. Jeans too tight. Why'd you decide to wear a t-shirt with a dinosaur on it? I also like soccer. Used to play it in middle school. Please stick to the script. Right, sorry. My name is Brenda. I'm 5'5", 20 years old, and an undergraduate at St. Mary's. I'm studying to become a nurse because my mom and grandma were both nurses, and I think it's important to help others. Is that all? No, no! I have two dogs, I like to go out for karaoke, and I care about the environment, and my friends, and, and I love drawing. I draw cartoons. Just little ones. Usually characters from shows I watched as a kid, and sometimes even ones I made up. Anything else? I... No. No, that's me, says Brenda. And she smiles, and the judge bangs his gavel and shouts, NEXT! The judge sits in her courtroom. She can't see the galley but knows their faces. The smell of fish hangs in the air. She stares at the oak doors and wonders, who will be next? Rose Distant are the flowers. We are kept apart by six feet, by life, yet I see them. Roses, red as a heart, the lover's flower. Its crimson petals have inspired generations of poets, yet this is not why they attract me. Neither is it their sweet smell that carries summer's last echoes. I love their thorns, bristling up the stem, sharp enough to draw a drop of blood. The roses drop above me. They are accompanied by words I cannot hear. The speakers are too far away. Always too far. I never could trust others. Those who got too close, I pricked. I could not stay with anyone no matter how they begged. And believe me, they begged. Promises of gold and glamour, of poetry and song, 
proclamation that I was the most beautiful creature to walk the wide world. The most I could do was blush. Everyone called me his rose, but I was always my own. My thorns were too sharp. I begin to sink, to fall like the flowers. I pass through the cushion and the wood and the earth. It's dark, but I know I am sinking towards... No. Not there. Not there of all places. Surely I wasn't that bad. I gave to charity and never hurt a soul. Not intentionally. I did hurt others, but there was nothing I could do. I did not love them, and they loved me, and is it my fault? Oh God. It's my fault. I knew what I did to them. How a wink would jump their hearts from their chests. How they'd wage war over my smile. I allowed them to woo me. To think they were wooing me. Promises and I love you's were exchanged. They gave me their heart in a wooden box and I spat ashes back at them. Perhaps I had no heart to give. No. I have a heart. It is just covered in thorns. How many broken hearts. They weigh on me and push me downwards. I can feel the inferno. I shall spend eternities in the rose-red lakes. Perhaps a lifetime per heart. Perhaps longer. It is what I deserve. It is what I must make peace with. The heat dies away as I hit the earth, softly as a flower. It is snowing. My gravestone sits behind me, and the dirt I lay on is fresh. I look up and see their faces. All those I wronged are gathered. No matter how I hurt them, they still loved me. Perhaps in my own way, I loved them too. I see their faces, their sniffling noses and wet eyes, yet they cannot see me. To them, I am a rose. Hell out of heaven. First the storm clouds came. They blocked out the sun and cast shadows over an earth that began to rumble and split. Whole towns were swallowed up and great ravines and ancient oaks were uprooted. Lightning came down like rain on this trembling world. Forests set on fire, blackened earth and deafening cracks like a whip on an ox's back. That was all before the tsunamis came and swept away what the earth hadn't stolen, what the lightning hadn't scorched. Huge waves that leapt over the land with such force they moved mountains. In all this chaos, great tornadoes leapt down from the sky. They sucked up what remains there were of life and spat it out, twisting and destroying. People ran for safety but found none. Their screams were silent in the cacophony of noise this apocalypse produced. Rabbits burrowed under the shaking earth. Birds soared above this landscape trying to find somewhere to land that was not burning or drowned. Above the birds were the dark clouds, and above those the sun still shone on a temple of white marble, so grand it could only be fit to house that immortal race we know as the gods. Just some minutes before, this had happened. Melina was sunbathing. She had a cucumber over each eye, and her skin was so copper she could have been a statue. One moment she was enjoying the sun's heat, and the next it was gone. She removed the cucumbers from her eyes. A tall, muscle-bound god stood between her and the sun, so she was in his shadow. He had red hair and a spiked beard. 
Hey, Melina. How's it going? He said. Oh, hello. How are you? Bagrock? She said. Kragnok. It's Kragnok, actually. God of lightning and storms. Sorry, I was just sunbathing, if you don't mind. Totally. It's a super nice day. Anyway, I was wondering if you wanted to get a meet sometime. That sounds fun. I'm kind of busy at the moment, though. Totally. Being the goddess of love, you gotta make love. Like, how does that work? Are you there whenever anything does it? Well, it's more... Is this guy bugging you? Gordonor approached them. His shoulders rose above his head, giving him the stature of a mountain. He was bald and had huge feet that stomped the ground wherever he strode. No, not it. I'm just talking to Melina. It's none of your business anyway. Melina is way out of your league, Kragnock. Can't you see she's just trying to be nice to you? Actually, I... Out of my league? I've seen rocks better looking than you. I would consider that a compliment, but I know you said it to be mean. No one invited you here, so why don't you go stir up some dirt or something? No one invited you, either. Why don't you scram and let me talk to Melina? You want to go? You really don't need to fight. Oh, I want to go. How's this? Kragnock tightened his fists and slammed them as two lightning bolts on the earth. Was that supposed to hurt? Felt like a mosquito landed on my arm. Here, you may want to stand back a little. Gordonor stomped his feet and the earth rippled and shook. Hey, hey, what's going on here, guys? said Xyphos. His ear was pointed upwards and teal. He spoke with the cadence of a fish. Piss off, water boy. Are you guys fighting or something? This doesn't concern you. On the contrary, I assume this is for the hand of the lovely Melina, goddess of love. No, I never... Exactly. Whoever wins gets to treat her to a mead. Hold on, I would sacrifice myself for her in a heartbeat. No one cares. This is between me and Salt Plains. Not so fast, Craggy. You know I hate that nickname. Then what are you going to do about it? Cragnock brought his fists down and lightning bolts scattered across the ocean. That hurt! Take this! He swept his arms so massive waves pushed onto the shore. Oh, what are you going after me for? Because I'm going to win the hand of Melina. That, gentlemen, is not how you win the hand of a lady, said Trinat. He was skinny so his toga was loose around his body. He gestured with his hands as he spoke, adding flourishes to every sentence. I fear the Lady Melina is too intelligent for this base action and is instead looking for an intellect to match her own. Shut up, Trinat. I would not say such words so lightly. A gentleman must preserve his honor, no matter the cost. Yeah, what are you going to do? Blow in my face? Kragnock and Xyphos laughed. Trinat was not so amused. I'll show you what I will do. He spun and twirled, and from his body came tornadoes and typhoons that swallowed forests and islands and spat them back out. Makes a little tremor seem like child's play. Child's play, my ass. Do they? That hardly seems appropriate. Gordunor's sandstone face turned bright red and volcanoes began to spew on the surface below, filling the air with choking ash and hurling balls of magma into the typhoons and tsunamis. You know that's not what I meant! Kragnok took the chance to hit Xyphos with another lightning bolt, so Xyphos made more waves rise up. 
Gordonor kicked so the earth broke apart. Trinot summoned Gale so strong they took the very land away with them, leaving chasms in their wake. After a few minutes of this, they were all out of breath. Guys, guys, Kragnok said. Look, there's no need to fight. We all know lightning is the most impressive. Oh, oh shut, shut up. up. How about we just ask Melina who she thinks is the most impressive? Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Seems good to me. Where is Melina? It looks like she's drinking meat with Arnos. Isn't he the god of small furry animals? More like the god of pussies. Err, got him. That's a good one. Hey, you guys want to go get some meads? Yeah, that actually sounds good to me. I could use a drink. You guys are actually pretty cool. The clouds parted and the sun shone on a destroyed world. Entire ecosystems had been swallowed up by the elements. The ground was scorched in some places, marshy in others, and altogether gone in many more. One of these burnt patches contained a hole. Something poked its head out, something white and fluffy. A rabbit scurried out as the ash began to fall. Another one came out and they stood next to each other, their pink noses twitching. It would be their kind that would repopulate the world.